Sup, everybody. Welcome to Push to Shout, the podcast. That, Donald that Trump, what do getting. you think about that guy? I'm, I'm tired of that. He's in the that, news lately. That He's a old, big that fella. Oaf, that oaf in the White House is just making embarrassment you out see, of all See, he thinks of us. he can pull the wool over our eyes, but we know woke. what the truth is. This is a woke podcast. It is. Every week we wake you up, splash cold Did you just double the podcast audio us. into the stream? What do you think? I think you did. Amateur. Let's talk about some video games. No, I'm okay. Oh, okay. You want to just not do the podcast this week? Nah. Good night. Good night, everyone. These are great bits. Well, you saw a movie, and I saw the sequel to this movie. Yeah. And I wish I could talk about the fucking sequel. One day. But I... I now that I know you're actually interested, I, re- I really don't want to spoil stuff. I know, I could say the movie's the terrible. One. I haven't talked about it at all. Fuck you! I liked the movie. It's John Wick. The movie's John Wick. Yeah. And I liked it. It's, it's, it was a fun movie. It's, I love that movie. It was really it's, fun. There's really not much to movie. say about it. It was a fun movie. <laughs> it's really fun. It is. It's like a straight-up, pure action movie. Yep. Everything's done very, very well. The fight choreography is just... Uh, they do Noticeably most of it practically good. in yeah. the camera, yeah, and very creative, like setups for scenes. Yeah. Like the premise of the scene is always interesting. A lot of people like, get shot. Oh, this in the is head. the scene. That's <laughs> the yeah, whole lot of and people. they don't they don't cut away from it or anything. <laughs> they are actual like well placed headshots, um, and like every scene has like a clear premise or setup to it. Like this is the scene where John Wick is in the bathhouse, <laughs> yeah. and he's, well, he's stalking well, here's every, around. Here's the bathhouse and all the rooms with all the guards in it and stuff. It's like a video right, game Right, first they give you that, exactly. <laughs> like... They give you that, like, pan view of, Yeah, here's the like, scenario. Chapter three. And then you know John Wick's about to show up. And then I, I, my favorite part of it was the fact that there's this, like, secret society hotel of, like, yeah. hitmen or, like, mafia dudes where they have to, like, have an agreement not to kill each other, but then they break the agreement constantly, apparently, and that's it. It was it's it's real fun. I like it a lot. It's, it, it was great. Yeah, I that's I really really like that movie, and the sequel to it came out last week, and I saw it in theaters and fucking amazing. It's one of those movies, and you know this, having seen the way it ends. John Wick doesn't need a sequel. <laughs> yeah, it. It ends very straightforwardly. Uh, I mean, it, there's not so much like it, it's not like there's not room for a sequel, but it definitely doesn't beg for one. Yeah, I mean, it, it ends. Yeah, it ends. The movie has an ending, which I I liked. Yeah, that, that's one of my big plus for me. This is really good. <laughs> but uh, it they managed to make it work. The sequel set like a couple days after the oh, original really? movie. Like they pick up immediately where it leaves off, okay. and um, I really don't want to say anything about where. It yeah, goes, I don't know but... anything about it really. Yeah, just go, just go see it. I saw go that video it, you know, that you linked me of the uh, of Keanu doing his uh, yeah. stunt work, uh, kind of like practicing, and he's in the shooting range and. It's pretty legit. <laughs> like, it, it honestly is. He, he clearly works very hard to uh, to do that those fight scenes. It was, it's I like it. If you if you rent the video on Amazon, then you can see 
bonus features? I did do that, actually. Yeah, so you got the version with the bonus stuff after I guess the so. I didn't, I didn't like watch like a two-hour long... If it's a two-hour long version, then that's what you got. I didn't like, notice. The movie I just itself, stopped watching. The movie itself is 90 minutes, and then they have like a full half an hour more of just bonus features. I'll have to check that out. And it's all like behind the scenes, Keanu Reeves training and practicing with the fight choreographers and showing you like what went in to make some of these scenes. And it's really, really cool. They have a lot of respect for Keanu Reeves because he has a lot of respect for them. He puts in a lot of time and effort into making like the, the physical action that he has to do really like authentic and uh, I feel like I feel like this is him redeeming himself from the shit that he gets from the Matrix, which I mean, <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, every, everyone makes fun of Keanu Reeves for like his delivery and everything, but whatever. It's the Matrix, like who cares? But like, I feel like that was kind of a taint on his a taint <laughs> uh, on his uh, on his whole career, where like everyone makes fun of him for being this like deadpan delivery bad actor or whatever action movie actor. But now he's like making an action. He's like, okay, I'll do an action movie that you can't make fun of me for. I feel like that's what John Wick is, is like him trying oh, to prove yeah. like, no, you, there's nothing, you can't give me shit for this. Like this is, this is me doing my best to, to do a really good action movie. And, and he clearly gives it his all. It's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Um, everything that you would expect to have been improved is in the sequel. Um, crazier action premises. Yeah. That, better more detailed execution um it's certainly missing i I don't want to spoil anything so just like on the broadest possible level um it it lacks the surprise of not knowing what john wick is capable of that (laughs) is part of what makes the first movie so cool but it plays to that angle well it's very much like now that you know then we can really turn this up to yeah, 11. Because I guess that's the whole premise of the first movie is like, it starts out with the mob boss being like, you just fucked with John Wick. Do you know who John Wick is? And like, they yeah. constantly and like we really don't. this guy as like being this thing that like this legendary Baba Yaga. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, and then basically the rest of the movie is just proving to you what he is, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the sequel. It's definitely on my list. I gotta see Arrival first. I almost you rented should, it from Redbox, but then I figured out I could probably just ASAP stream it some, from somewhere. You should ASAP see John Wick 2 in theaters. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I might. I, I don't go to the theaters a lot, you know? But maybe I will. That's a, that's a good one to see in a theater. Yeah. Like, that... I saw it in a packed theater, and that... Were people into I it? I saw John Wick... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw the first John Wick just with a couple friends, and that was really cool. Like, there were a couple audible, like, oh, well, fuck moments but a whole theater going like oh shit yeah it's um i it's very cool very cool experience i don't think i've ever really gotten that theater theater experience of like a packed theater really excited to see a movie because i specifically avoid that like i don't like crowds in my theaters it depends on the movie (laughs) yeah i always like see movies like pretty far after they've been released at weird times and stuff like that but i i kind of i would have liked to have that experience with some things like like Mad Max, I feel like that would have been a really good one to like go to with a pumped up audience and like. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I like I like my quiet theaters. I want to experience the movie, man. But, well, John Wick is not a quiet experience, no. and that's to its credit. But highly recommend that series if you haven't seen it out there. 
folks on the couch. Um, now video games. Actually, I've got another thing that I watched that I, I want to mention. Um, okay. I, a few months ago, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast. I saw the uh, the ESPN 30 for 30 about OJ Simpson. Oh. And it was like a six-part uh, documentary series, and it's it's awesome. I cannot recommend it enough. Like it's it's fucking great. No matter how old you were or whether you were born <laughs> during that time of it happening, uh, it 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 contextualizes it like super super well and kind of talks a lot about the the way it had an effect on society and the way that society led to the trial and that kind of thing. Uh, and I, I just cannot recommend that. It's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. But uh, I. I'd seen a lot of talk. I guess it just got released on Netflix, so people have been talking about it a lot. Um, American Crime Story, which is also O.J. Simpson, but it's not a documentary. It's a reenactment, and it's a like a 10-episode series on Netflix. I think it came out from F- FX, I think. And I'd heard a lot of good stuff about it. It got great reviews. People talked a lot about it. And so far, I've seen like two episodes, and I hate it. I hate it with my life. I hate it so much. I, I hate it. For a lot of reasons. First of all, the direct, like the way that it's shot, the way that it's directed, the way that it's acted, <laughs> instantly Everything. turned me off. Ten minutes in, I'm sitting here going, like, I can't handle this. What, camera, what is it? Is it too dramatic? I'm or? gonna try. I, I thought a lot about it. Like, what exactly was going on that that I hated so much? And it, there's a few things that I've honed in on. One is that the camera moves around constantly. Uh, it's always on a fucking dolly. And they're zooming in on stuff and they're panning from a, a character's face and then they'll like mention something that's on the table and it'll pan down to the table and then it'll go back up to the other character's face and then it'll pan down to the table. And it's just like, fuck. And uh, it's too much. It's like over-directed, you know? Like there's uh... just too much effort put into making every shot clever. And uh, they've got a lot of big-name actors in there that – are doing fine. American Crime Story? American Crime Story. And the actors are doing fine with it, but they're, I feel like they're overacting. You know, when you, I think it would be okay for a, a fictional story, like just a fictional TV series for them to act this way, but they're acting like actual human beings that exist that you've seen a lot of videos of because they're involved in the OJ trial. And they are acting in a way that those people don't act in real life. And so it's noticeably acted. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so that's really turning me off. And it is overdramatic. There's a, one of the first things that happens. I'm, like I'm the seeing first some scene, of this trailer footage and already the camera is like whipping around. Like the, the, the first crazy. scene in the show is a guy in the neighborhood discovering the body. And... <laughs> He walks up and he sees the body and the camera zooms in on his face and he goes, <gasps> and, and there's like two seconds. It just lingers on his face and then it goes to the next scene. And it's just like, Ugh, it feels like a soap opera. Uh, it really feels like a soap opera. And I, I just, I might still watch it just because I'm kind of fascinated by it now, but I just hate it. And the worst part, the worst offense, the worst offense so far this has happened twice over the span of two episodes, once in each episode. The first episode, OJ goes to the funeral, and everyone in the funeral is reacting to it. And lo and behold, the Kardashians are at the funeral. And it's Robert Kardashian's <laughs> wife, and she's talking to someone else, 
and there's kids in the background acting up, and she calls out to the kids by name, and the camera focuses on the kids, and they're like, oops, Ugh. sorry. And I wanted to punch my fucking screen. It's, it's like fan service for retards. Like, I get it. Like, I get it that, like, okay, the reason that they're famous is largely in part to the OJ trial, so there is, like, this element of, like, well, you almost have to acknowledge them in retrospect of, like, this whole thing being... In sure. retrospect, a big deal, but it's obnoxious. And but that's something worse. that you can address in a documentary, and it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. But when it's a scene filmed, like a, it feels a like one of those HBO like, drama like, comedy things of like, come oh, here, Kim. Oh, Kardashian. famous person, they'll never amount to anything. Like that kind of stupid shit. Uh, but it yeah, got worse. like like a throwaway scene in Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, like a throwaway scene in the comedy. But um, it got worse in the second episode when Robert Kardashian is making a public statement in a uh, the OJ has just run off on his white Bronco, and they're talking to the press, and it cuts to his family, his children, all together sitting in a room watching him on TV. They give them more screen time. And they're, ex- they, they're excited because their dad's on TV and they start chanting, Kardashian, Kardashian. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? What are they doing? It, it drove me up the fucking wall. I, I, I don't understand why this has gotten praise. I cannot say anything positively about it. I, so far, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And it's gotten great nice. reviews, and I hate it. And and the documentary part of why I hate it is because the documentary, by contrast, is so 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 good. And now I'm watching this thing that everyone else has seen instead of the documentary because these things came around came out around the same time. And I remember I'd like bring it up in conversation with people, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I, I heard of that," but they were really talking about the reenactment, not the documentary. Right. But the documentary is so much better, and people didn't watch it, and that pisses me off. It makes me sad. Yeah, and him I doesn't have it. enough screen time. Yeah, thirty for thirty. <sighs> But that, yeah, that case always interested me. But it's it, you watch that documentary. I, I seriously just it's it's the best. It's really 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 good, and that is a fascinating, fascinating case. Settle then... settle this on air. Did he do it? <laughs> no, obviously not. I mean, he obviously is innocent. Guilty? He's uh, uh, not guilty. They acquitted him. Yep. Uh, but uh, the documentary, the thing that the documentary does so well is like it doesn't focus too much on the case itself. It spends yeah. a lot of time about like what's going on around the case and like how people are reacting to it and that kind of thing and and, and that that's where it's really interesting because like the thing that's interesting about the OJ case is is society's reaction to it not so much the case itself uh, but mm, is yeah. that and th- this is this different from the People versus OJ Simpson is that a completely different thing or is this like American so, Crime Story there might the People free, versus OJ Simpson. Uh, let me let me. I want to look that up real quick. There's been so many things that have come out about it recently. American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So there's a colon in the title, and The People versus O.J. Ninety-seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Because that's how I've heard it talked about mostly. Ninety-seven percent. Uh... Eight point five on IMDb. It doesn't lie. It's. Anyway, I mean, I that's hate a it. number. I hate it, and it sucks, and I'm probably gonna keep watching it. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe I'll get like used to the way it's shot and like stop stop focusing on that stuff because there are some really good like the guy who does Johnny Cochran is really good so far in it but I don't know um, watch the documentary 
watch that fucking documentary. It's it's really really great. Anyway, video games. Video games. Video games. I played one. All right. What did you play? I uh, bought For Honor. I hear it's good. Yeah, you heard right. It's really yeah. good. I, I like it a lot. I didn't play the beta, so I just took the plunge straight in and bought it full price. Yeah. And um, I, I don't regret it at all. I played it really just this weekend. I'm already like 15 hours in or so. Yeah. Um, been playing it a lot, and I, I really, really enjoy it. It's kind of exactly what you would want out of a Dark Souls PvP experience that was like heavily modified to be actually competitive. Not are you saying it's like, are you saying it's like the sense. Dark Souls of fighting games? It is the Dark Souls of fighting games. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not competitive in like the esports sense. There's really no, unless somehow like 1v1s became super huge. But even then, it's not so much like that. It's, it's really just... Like Dark Souls is the best comparison, not for mechanics, but just the way that the fights. I heard a really good description for Dark Souls esque action games, like as a genre instead of instead of Souls like, which has become popular. But but that wouldn't describe. Yeah, that wouldn't describe For Honor. Someone described it somewhere. I couldn't tell you where it was. Um, Tactical, uh, deliberate tactical or. Shit. Deliberate is a keyword. Yeah. Yeah. Deliberate, uh, deliberate tactical combat or something like that. Like it, they had a really good, like, simple description of like that. Yeah. Deliberate, slow paced, uh, deliberate tactical fighter. I don't know, but um, damn, I, I'm sad that I can't remember it because it was a really good description. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Continue. I, the, I get the spirit of what you're saying, and that's yeah. yeah that's definitely what this is. You're fighting, most of the time, one versus one. In 2v2s, it's really like one versus one, one versus one, and then there's cleanup after one of those fights <laughs> is over. Yeah. Um, so, and I've, I haven't even touched the 4v4 or 3v3 modes. I just haven't even played them yet. Um, so far, it's been all dueling or 2v2 online and just with friends. Mm-hmm. And the 2v2... With four people that you know, yourself included, I guess, uh, is so, so fun. It's like playing Smash, like on the couch. It's just so much fucking fun to um, be running around in medieval armor and just fighting. It's a very, <laughs> it's very well designed and easy to pick up fighting game. Um, I, I, this game was announced at E3. I think it was E3, maybe a year before last, or maybe it was... Oh, it might have been the last E3. It might have been a late announcement. But anyway, I was super excited for this game. It looked exactly what I wanted. I love Chivalry, one of my favorite oh, multiplayer, uh, multiplayer Piece games. Piece of shit. I love Chivalry, and people have really turned against it lately because it turned into a monster, but it's like saying that TF2 is it a bad game. It also blows. It's like saying TF2 is no, a bad game. No, it's not. It's Chivalry not. fucking rules. It, this makes it look like dog ass. I love Chivalry. I don't know. Or I loved it's, it. I get it, but it never felt that good to me. It. I loved it. The mechanics it, of it, I didn't like. I didn't like the way it felt to play at all, and I, that is the complete opposite experience I'm having with For Honor. Like, well, it, I saw the gameplay where it's directional based, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is this is Mountain Blade." 
This is like a super, super, super well-made, polished Mountain Blade combat game. Because like Mountain Blade combat's not very good, really. But that's what it is. It's like you block in a direction to block an attack coming from that direction in four directions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I was really excited for it, and I really wanted to play it, and I still really want to play it. But I started to realize it was a Ubisoft game, and Ubisoft has let me down so consistently with every game. With multiplayer games? The last one they did was Siege, which you love. But Siege has caused me so much frustration through the fact that I love it and it could be great and they they hold it back from being great. Siege still doesn't have adequate netcode. It still doesn't have the kind of support that it needs. And that's what I'm worried about with For Honor is like I would get, you know, 15 or 20 hours into the game loving it and then realize, oh, this isn't what I want it to be. Quite, It's not quite there and then it'll never get there. And I, I I'll just, it'll, it's just a tragedy. Maybe I'll still get it. I don't know, but fuck the 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 meta of For Honor is definitely not like CS:GO or Siege. It's not like not yet. You're only it's only been out for like less than a week. No, I'm not talking about the size of the scale. I mean, just the attitude toward improvement and climbing the ladder in that 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 there's no equivalent in For Honor. Is there no ranking system? There is. There is a ranking system. You rank up individual characters. So you have separate ranks yeah. for each of your characters, and then you build those up as you play. I bet there's seasons too. Mm, yeah, there's, I don't know. You haven't done that with Siege yet, I mean, but... but on dual modes and everything, all the perks and everything are neutralized completely, which is nice. But yeah, and you can play any character you want from the start. There's no restrictions whatsoever. It's just cosmetics that you upgrade. That's nice. Is it just cosmetics, though? It's just cosmetics. There's, like, some stat-modifying stuff, but it only applies in, like, the big 4v4 with AI battles. And even then, the stat bonuses come at the expense of offsetting stat penalties. So you're either playing perfectly balanced with no additional items or, like, some stat-skewing stuff. But only then, it's the retard mode that nobody plays. So I've seen, like, the character select screen of For Honor... And the way those characters are laid out, and it reminded me instantly, instantly of Rainbow Six Siege. And what Rainbow Six Siege does is every couple months they come out with two new characters that you have to pay money for or pay a ridiculous amount of in-game currency to unlock. Oh, And I can't imagine they would change that up for, for Honor, because it seems like they're following the same formula in, all the other, in, in pretty much every other aspect. So, Well, the difference is I played the campaign of For Honor, which is very, very useful for learning the controls. Uh, it's a pretty complicated game. Like, some of the intricacies of, like, when to guard break, how to counter a guard break, um, how to exploit the environment, what combinations are unblockable, um, what are the character-specific combos. There's actual combos where you input certain things in a row. Yeah, not I many, saw that. But I, each I'm character, not sure how I feel about that either. That's part of what makes it tolerable, is each character has, like, like three or four things that they can do and they're all very simple series of combinations but it it gives like some element of i don't know variance to each character where it's like okay there's this thing that i'm trying to execute that's specific to what i'm doing right now as this guy i i like it and it it's transparent enough you'll probably only be playing a couple characters just because those are the ones that you'll like and then you'll learn those back and forth which is exactly what we would want from a fighting game again 
Um, yeah. But anyway, back to the point. I played the campaign, and I got enough in-game currency just from that to buy... Because you still unlock the characters, even though you can play them from the start. Once you unlock them, that gives you the ability to get the items and whatever, the cosmetics. Okay. Um, playing the campaign once and nothing else, I had enough to buy the entire cast twice. So I don't think that's a problem. Maybe there will be DLC characters that you have to outright pay Yeah, for, I mean, Rain- Rainbow but... Six Siege, you can unlock all the characters in like three hours of play. And then they unlock, they, then they do the DLC, which are worth 10,000 instead of like 300. And so it's, I don't fucking trust Ubisoft. I don't okay. trust Ubisoft. I can't, I can't, I can't do Fine. it. I can't do it. But <laughs> I want to play that game. I, I, yeah, I know. It seems good. I, I still might get it. I don't know. I still might roll in. You but... should. I mean, I, Ubisoft did. Rainbow Six Siege. It's got some, like, peripheral stuff that is shitty, but the core game is really well designed. It's well put together. Yeah, it's cool. And that's definitely the case here, too. Like, the core here is extremely solid. Um, There's enough going on in any given encounter to always make it exciting and tense. It's totally 100% possible way more so than in something like Dark Souls, to fight back from the tiny sliver of health. And that's not because of any alts or anything. There's like a revenge thing you can trigger if you block enough attacks successfully. But again, you still have to do something to do that. It's not like a free press Q in Overwatch to trigger your ultimate ability and get free kills. Um, It's just that if you're blocking perfectly and you have a sliver of health and they have full health, you can still kill them. If you just execute perfectly and play carefully and smart, you'll win. And you can win 2v1 also if you're just really on it because they have a system where you can do external blocking where if you're locked onto somebody, it'll tell you what direction the other guy's attacks are coming from on the HUD. And so yeah. you can like quickly flip over and shove that away and then try to flip back and block the other guy's attack. Like You can fight outnumbered in this game. And... That that's part of why the two person, uh, like the two v two mode, is one of my favorites. Because once somebody dies, then like it's kind of interesting. Sometimes people will listen to the title of the game and they'll just let you fight it out, and then they'll start afterwards. <laughs> Other times they'll just yeah. rush at you, and it's kind of it's kind of funny. Like I'm playing with an Irish guy. Um, he's in the mumble right now, I think. Anyway, he he Bring just him rushes. In. At people, so once when we're on a team and I kill somebody or he kills somebody, he'll just come over and start hacking away at the last guy. Yeah. And then you notice that once he does that, when the tables are turned in the next round, the enemy will start to do that too, and then they'll start like taunting more. And it's it's such a fun game, (laughs) and the taunts are funny as shit too. I I did see some of the taunts, which I enjoyed. Now, uh, bizarrely, you can't pick what taunt you use. You just press you press Y. Isn't it character specific? I don't think though? so because I've seen like the characters will do different taunts, and they all have kind of roughly mm. the same set of taunts. Where there's one where they'll I don't know act big and strong and aggressive with their weapon. There's one where they'll fall down and act sad, and but you can't pick which one happens mm. when you press the taunt button. And I don't know why that is. Maybe that's just on the controller, but um, maybe it's context maybe sensitive. I, I think so. 
but yeah. Um, well, I, I honestly, I probably would buy that game without hesitation if I haven't been spending. I spent some money on DCS. Yeah. Uh, I bought a MIG twenty one. How much is that? Which is a a Soviet era interceptor, high speed aircraft. Um, very iconic, like so how Vietnam much was era. It? Uh, it was fifty oh, bucks what? for one plane. Really? But the cockpit, fucking! I get in that cockpit in VR, and there are switches and dials, knobs everywhere. Buttons, and they're all labeled in Cyrillic. I have no idea what any of them do, and it's this feeling of like, yes, I can learn this plane, and it'll take forever, and it'll be great. I love it. It's it's awesome. It's a fun plane. It, the the radar runs on alcohol. It 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 literally is cooled by alcohol, which evaporates. So you can only run the radar for twenty five minutes before it just shuts off because it overheated. Which I think is just a great like. Soviet technology just hacked together. It's it's a flying tin can, and flying it is just trying to keep it in the air with like whatever means possible, which is usually just full afterburner, and it's great. I it's a stupid plane. I love it. Um, it's worth fifty dollars. I'm happy with well, my purchase. <laughs> yeah, uh, oof. I, I'm going to spend more money on that game too. Like once I master the MIG, there's got to be something else, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I. There's a reason that the planes are so expensive, which is that they're, they're super, detailed. super, super, super detailed. With the alcohol, yeah. especially. Um, every every single, well, every single switch, every single dial, it all does what it's supposed to do. It's all modeled, you know. So that's that's what you're paying for. But um, yeah. So I did that. Uh, I also I upgraded my computer uh, over the weekend, and uh, I got a new CPU. And to get a new CPU, I had to yep. get a new motherboard. And then I realized that because I got a new motherboard, I also have to get new RAM. So I've got new RAM, new motherboard, new CPU. Um, I've got a beefed up PC, and it was a lot of money. It was more than I planned to spend. But now I've got like an actual top of the line nice. PC, which is it feels really nice to have that. I can run War Thunder, which I haven't played in a while, but I launched up just kind of to test it out. And I'm running it in VR at 90 frames per second, which at all highest settings, so literally everything at the highest that possible so nice. setting. That feels yeah. good. It feels real good. Um, You're still running the DCS 1070? Runs, DC, DC, uh, yeah. DCS runs at about 30 most of the time. DCS is a very poorly optimized game. It's a Wait, piece of shit. So it it's runs a piece at, of shit game engine. What were you running sucks. at before? It, so upgrading my computer did basically nothing. <laughs> it, it ran, it, I probably got like five okay. frames out of an entirely new CPU and twice as much RAM that's faster RAM. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a piece of shit fucking engine. I hate it. And I think there's some kind of bug in my system that I haven't figured out yet to get more frames. But it's a. I can actually probably get about 45 if I turn all the settings all the way down. But, like, that's awful. Uh, so hopefully I can figure that out. But all the other games I can run in at least 60 frames. So, yeah, I'm happy. Uh, it was a hell of a purchase, but it's... It, it's going to last me years, and, and right now it feels real good to have an actually good computer. Um, with someone saying I, I, I can't judge people who buy DLC now because 50 bucks for a plane. Listen, listen. Oh, 
You're get- comparing it to Team Fortress 2 hats is out of line. It's a plane that is fully modeled. It's like an entire game. It'll give me it'll give me dozens of hours. Of yeah, it sounds like you're so, kind of getting what you... It still seems like a whole lot, but... It's a lot. I, it's more than I want to I guess pay, you can charge that... I'm addicted to that. Yeah, game. you get the Obsession Premium. The people who are well, it's actively playing DCS are it's willing a, to pay it's a shit It's a really ton. niche market. You know, like, yeah, it's a tiny market, so they can't price it low or they wouldn't make any money because nobody buys their shit anyway because it's fucking combat flight sims. Who the fuck buys that? Uh, and so that's kind of what you get when you're when you're buying a game that doesn't appeal to a large audience. That's you have to pay more. That's how everything in the world works. So I'm I'm willing to do that because I'm part of that small audience. And even though the game engine is a piece of shit, the planes themselves are really really well made, and I really enjoy them. So yeah, it's worth it. It's not cosmetic either it's an entirely new system to learn and 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 play with um you know what would be cool that glove controller thing for vr and some kind of force feedback in the fingers so that i was fucking so that when you flip a switch on the cockpit it actually you feel something i know that that's where we're headed eventually because i was thinking about that because of um uh I was about to say squad, but it's not. It's uh, fucking what's it called? Uh, oh fuck! This, the game, the VR game that starts with an O. Where onward. It's, uh, you're fighting onward, onward. Thank you. Um, I was playing that and thinking about like it's really weird not having weight in your hands when you're holding the weapon, and and not feeling it up against your shoulder when you're aiming it. It just doesn't feel right. And I was thinking like, if you had a whole system. Like a fucking bodysuit, basically, that like goes at least around your like torso and arms. You could have that force feedback where like it actually prevents you from, say, fully stretching out your arm and your fingers, so that you could basically imitate the 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 weight of the weapon and the momentum of it and the and like actually grappling with it. You could simulate that by restricting your movement through something that like goes over your arms and hands. I, I know that eventually that'll be a thing, and I can't wait. I want that for the second generation whenever that comes. I, like the hand controller is really like the key. The controllers are going to be a lot better for the next generation, and I think those controllers are going to come out well before the next generation, though. Like they're already testing them with current stuff. But um. I, I, and here's another thing also that I want to say about VR. Um, part of the reason that I can't run DCS very well is that I run it at a higher resolution than the native uh, headset resolution. I, I put the scaling up like two times because it makes it so much clearer. It's like magic anti-aliasing. So at, well, yeah. at, at default... Well, at default, it, but I didn't realize how much of a difference it made because it's really noticeable in the headset because you can really literally see the pixels. At default settings, default resolution, sitting in a cockpit, I can't read the instruments. They're just blurs. Oh, that sucks. I have to like get up and too close to them to read it. I went to two times scaling and I can read them perfectly from a sitting position just all the way back. I can read even the tiny text. And that's the kind of difference it is. Like completely unreadable to completely readable um and i didn't realize that that it would make that big of a difference and now it's like okay maybe current gen is a current gen headsets are a little bit better of a deal than i realized if you have the power to run at a higher resolution Mm. um 
because that higher resolution does wonders. I mean, it is really... It, so it just is a, so I understand specifically what you're talking about, you're running it downsampled from two times the headset's resolution? Is that... Or super sampled. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't, the headset's down... I don't know what... I don't know the fucking terminology, but it's... There's a When you take a scale, bigger image and make it on a smaller yeah, screen, I've yeah, seen it more often in games recently where they call it... I think sometimes they call it super sampling, sampling and sometimes they call it resolution scaling. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it's at one by default, which is your one to one ratio. And that's and your I native headset resolution and you crank it up double that. Yeah. Okay. Crank it up to double that. And, and it, 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 it's night and day. Well, doesn't that kill your frame rate or is it yeah. that poorly optimized that it's, well, it, well, it is poorly optimized enough that like the difference between it not being upscaled and being upscaled is not significant enough for me not to upscale right, okay. it. I'm losing a few frames, but like. Another thing about the headsets that's nice is like even at a low frame rate, they kind of simulate movement in a way that doesn't make you sick unless it's super, super low frame. Like you can actually run it like 30 frames per second in a headset and be okay. It's a little uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable, but the movement itself isn't nauseating. It's not in 30 frames per second. It's still in 90 frames. It's just that the game is running it. It's it, They do some really complicated shit to accomplish that, and it works. And that's – that's apparently Oculus does it better than Vive, but I, I haven't experienced that with Oculus. But uh, the, it, Vive works well enough that I don't – I never – I haven't gotten sick in, in a headset yet, and I've been running at some low FPSs and DCS. So, yeah, that's – also – completely unrelated um did i get in the gorn beta i don't even know what you're talking about uh sorry i'm reading the chat gorn i don't know what that is let's find out gorn beta i had a uh i had a race weekend well not a race weekend it wasn't a race i have no idea man oh it's a vr fighting thing oh okay no i haven't actually been paying that much attention to vr stuff coming out that eagle game that was shown at E3 where there's eagles like dogfighting each other or something. That game came out like a few months ago and nobody paid attention. But anyway, um, uh, I had a weekend of driving a race car, but it wasn't an actual race. I wasn't racing anyone. Uh, they do like track days at different tracks where you can bring basically whatever car you want and drive it around the track. And you get like 30 minutes at a time, several times a day for two days, which is a lot of track time. And everyone brings a Porsche. It turns out that Porsche owners are huge in the track days, and they take their cars out. To, at least fifty percent of the cars there were Porsches, and we were one of the only. Like I was there with a few other people driving the Spec Miata race cars, and we were like some of the only race cars out there. The only other actual race cars out there were in our little class. Like they separate you into like skill levels, I guess, and we were in the highest one. And you're that we were. Good. Yeah, I'm that good. We're in like 120 horsepower fucking tiny little sports cars that just they don't have any speed. They're not fast cars. Uh and they put us out there with a Porsche GT3 Cup car, which is a dual turbo ridiculous fucking monster of a car that goes 0 to 60 in literally like I think 3 seconds. That thing's driving around the track at the same time as us. And a legit Le Mans prototype car, which are the race you have cars. You to translate that. Yeah. Those are the race cars where you're sitting in the middle of it in like a little like cockpit. And it's just the whole car is like wings. Oh. 
and it sits like right at the bottom. And that thing is, it's, it's like one of the fastest cars you can possibly drive. It's ridiculous. And that thing's out there with us too. And so we're doing this whole weekend where these things just fly by us at these ridiculous speeds, which is kind of neat, but also kind of, uh, pitiful when you're driving out there like, and then it's just like, (laughs) but, uh, but end of the weekend, Sunday afternoon, the Le Mans prototype car, which is probably at least $500,000. Actually, it might be, it it might be more like $250,000. It might not be at least 500. They had an, they had a $500,000 car out there, but it, it wasn't on the track. They just had it for show. Uh, they crashed it. Oh. They they ran it into a tire wall at a high speed, and uh, I felt kind of bad for him. Oh Pretty bad for God. him. Like, what is the what precautions or in, insurances? There has to be something. I you so you actually can get race insurance or track insurance. I forgot what they actually call it, which has to be ridiculously expensive. I wouldn't insure someone someone's race car. So they probably uh, I do have, would, but I charge a whole shit yeah. ton. They probably do have something like that because I think what it was is like it's a company for rich people where you can rent the car basically for a weekend. Um, and oh, I think so that, you think this guy owned it? I don't think so. I'm not okay. sure, but I don't. I think that it was someone renting it. Um, I mean, they that probably would make still sense. charge him a good amount for crashing it. Uh, and it was, I don't know if it was like totaled, but it was wrecked. I mean, it was bad. Shit. And uh, and it's just a track day, too. It's not like it was a race or anything. Like, they just crashed it just Cars doing, like that doing laps. They have to be super repairable. I mean. They, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's got this bodywork that comes off, like, really, really easily. And, and the wheels purposefully detach in a way that, like, separates them from the body and stuff like that. But, like, still, shit. It's. Yeah. It's many, many thousands of dollars of a uh, wreck. Yeah, I, 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 it was pretty bad. But uh, other than that, great weekend. I never crashed. None of our Miatas crashed. We just had fun just driving around doing our laps. The nicest thing about being the slowest cars on track is nobody holds you up. Uh, sometimes in the corners, sometimes in the corners, someone will fly by you and go slowly through the corner and we're actually really fast through the corners. So that can be a little bit frustrating, but for the most part, they're fast enough that they just completely get out of our way and we're just in their way all the time. Um, which is fine because we don't care. Wait, the Porsches are faster than you? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Most of them are like Porsche 911s, which are significantly faster, but, um, but even some of like the older Porsches that are out there and stuff like they just, uh... They're way faster. They've got way more horsepower, and and we have nothing. We have a tiny little four cylinder engine. It's we're, we're by far the slowest cars out there. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, our cars are fast in the corners, and it'll get up to we've our our max speed, and I mean the max speed because I've been there is 130, like almost 135 miles an hour. Um, the reason I know is because I went to Charlotte Motor Speedway, which is the NASCAR speedway and you do the you do a little track on the inside and then you go around the oval and go back down into the track and so around the oval it's like you're just out there cruising and uh when you get in a draft with another car and you're bump drafting them which means we're literally just bumping into them pushing them further forward and they're pulling us with their draft uh at, at the end of the straightaway at charlotte we'd be at in fifth gear our final gear Hitting against the red line, just which is kind of crazy. Uh, 
you can't get there without a draft, but but we were always drafting because that's how <laughs> that's how it happens on those slow with those slow cars. But uh, yeah, they're not fast. It takes a while for them to get up to that speed, and and you're still. I mean, you, you would still if you got in one of these race cars, be like, holy shit, we're, we're flying because you're you're still pushing it at its limit and going around corners way faster than you've ever been. Uh, you've got good tires on there and everything, but but uh, in a straight line, they're not very impressive. Sounds easy. Yeah, it's super super easy and simple. Uh, and that's it for me. Okay. Um, Hibbity Haps. Not much. What's Hibbity happening? Horizon Zero Dawn's coming out. Yep, and it's getting great reviews. Are you going to get that? I think I'm going to get that. Well, i got to get a PS4 to get that. Oh, you still don't have one. Still don't have a PS4. You got to fix that. I'll probably, I'll probably get it. I'll probably, I might wait though. I might wait a little. I, I'm not feeling like the itch that I got to, I got to play it right away. But it feels like something that I will definitely play in like the next year. You know, um, like that Death Stranding eventually. And <laughs> yeah, PS4 is probably going to be worth it. We still don't know if Death Stranding is a PS4 exclusive, do we? I mean, it's Sony Computer Entertainment. And it's the Horizon engine co-developed with the Horizon Studio. I, I don't think they would. I don't think they'd do that without some kind of deal. I don't know, but um, yeah. Uh, it looks. I mean, it looks good. There's been clips going around the internet uh, of really, really, really atrocious voice acting and bad like lip synchronization on the characters and stuff. That doesn't kill the whole game for me, though. Like, I don't know. I people were spreading those around, like, "Don't buy this game," but like, I can I can handle some bad voice acting in the side quests, whatever. The Witcher Three has that, and it's like my favorite game. It's it's fantastic. So I I think people are kind of overreacting in that particular aspect. Because other than that, it looks it looks pretty cool. I'm, I'm I was happy to see it get, get good reviews because I was very excited for it when it first got announced. It just that world it looks awesome, like really awesome. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Are you going to get it soon? I I think so. I, yeah. th- I think I'm going to get it. Uh, I still got to finish the last guardian though. I don't want to forget about that game. Yeah. I played a little more this week and, uh, it's, it's definitely not a game that I can like sit down and power through for hours and hours. Cause it's very demanding of not like your skill, but your attention and like, it's very immersive. You have like, to sit down. Super, yeah, you have to sit down. You're ready to experience it yeah. and chew it up. Every piece of the scenery, like the way that the character animates and steps on rocks and moves through blades of grass. I mean, all that adds so much. And if you're not looking around and listening, and you're you're not getting the full experience, so yeah. it's not something that I can just devour for hours on end it drives me crazy when people play games that i feel demand that kind of attention and they'll like play music in the background and shit i that drives me up the wall i fucking hate hate it it. (laughs) because i I, not everybody enjoys watching people react to things but i kind of am a sucker for um if i see either a trailer or a scene from something or part of a game that was really cool and got a big reaction out of me I like to see how somebody else reacted sure. the first time they saw it. Because, um, you know, that kind of... It reminds you of what you felt at that time. And I've cool. watched, like, multiple playthroughs of PT. Because yeah. it was fun to see people react to it. 
Right, uh, exactly. Yeah. And it always fucking kills me when somebody will be playing, like, um, I don't know, Metal Gear Solid 3, for instance. Sure. Darkside Phil's reaction to to oh, that God. scene at the end. With the <laughs> like, there are many, many like that. Darkside Phil is a goldmine for pissing you off of, as to, like, how he's yeah. reacting to your favorite games. Watch Darkside Phil. You have a favorite game? He's probably played it. You should watch him play it just to, just to get angry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate I hate that in general. Um, oh, near automata. There's oh I don't, shit yeah shit. I don't know if this counts as news, <sighs> but there was there's some buzzing. We already know that it's coming out on PC and PS4. It's coming out on PS4 the seventh, like officially. Mm-hmm. But it's still not clear when it's coming out on PC, there was, like, um, a post put up that says Steam March 10th, even though the game comes out March 7th, so not too much of a delay. Um, but then they took that picture down, and I, I don't know if it's legit or if they fucked up. Yeah. Um, but that's has got to be soon, though. That's For the that release picture date to happen at trailer. all, it has to be soon. Or Sorry, not the release date. That's the release date for Europe. So yeah. I don't know if it's like they put that instead of... But either way, it seems like the PC version isn't going to be the months and months that I was kind of afraid it would be. Mm-hmm. That demo was so fucking good that I was prepared to double dip for real. <laughs> like, honestly, I was going to just get it twice if I had to. Yeah. And, um, hopefully I don't have to do that. I'm really excited for that game. Yeah, God. That's another one. I, it's so far this year. I wasn't anticipating a lot of games coming out this year, but there's been so many that have come out or are coming out that like, like Horizon Zero Dawn was the only one really on my radar at first. But now there's, it seems like there's too many games that I want to play, but don't want to spend money on all of them. Like For Honor, Near, and and uh, uh, Breath of the uh, Wild. Wow shit yeah but um it's this is gonna be a good year we're already it's already it's already a very good year and we're in february not even done with it yet so yeah um gears of war 4 had an update Uh, just a small minor update A, a few weeks ago i mentioned uh on this podcast that Forza Horizon 3 got an update from Microsoft, pushed onto the PC, which it it gets pushed onto the PC because it's a Windows 10 game. And so it just updates in the background, whether you like it or not. And if they decide that Forza Horizon 3 needs a 80 gig update or whatever, then it'll just start downloading 80 gigs. And then it breaks your game and breaks the save, and there's nothing you can do about it. Gears of War 4 got a 200 and... 56 gigabyte update (laughs) i think it was uh let me 248 248.5 gigabyte update and it just starts downloading in your background so if you live in a an area that has bandwidth caps how is this possible there it goes right there it's possible because microsoft sucks ass that i'm sick of microsoft the game is 50 gigs have you been getting Windows 10 updates where it like puts a little thing in the bottom right hand of your corner, uh, the corner of your screen that says like, "Are you ready for the Super Bowl?" 
Or are you ready for Valentine's Day? Click here I, and I'll help you out. I like really noticed this for the first time today. Um, not that specifically, but I was logging in to my computer, and on the screen before it comes up asking for your password, it told me like, "Try out Adobe Photoshop Elements on the Windows mm. Store," mm. and that was like the first time since installing Windows 10 where I was really like, "Fuck this." I don't want this at all. I I'm yeah. willing to put in effort now to get rid of this shit. Well, everyone's biggest fears about what Windows 10 was has come true. Of like, well, they're pushing this for free because they want to steal all your data, and even though all this stuff is optional now, it won't be in the future. And like, sure enough, like Cortana becomes like pretty much a required thing. I turned Cortana off, and suddenly Cortana's on on my computer, and I didn't change any settings. Yeah. That just happened, and then suddenly it starts pushing this bullshit in the corner of my screen telling me, hey, or let me help you out with the Super Bowl because fucking NFL, Microsoft is, Microsoft and NFL have a relationship. So it's not surprising to see them advertising the Super Bowl on Windows 10. And then if I bet if I clicked on that Valentine's Day shit, I'd come up with something. Some way it was connected to Microsoft. It's their advertising directly to you, just through your fucking operating system. And it's shameful. It's ridiculous. I'm so pissed off about it. But yeah, 260, 248.5 gigabytes uh, for Gears of War 4. I don't know. I'm sure that someone figured out what exactly happened there, the but I didn't hear. Yeah, I didn't hear an explanation for it, but I don't care what the explanation is for it. That's fucking absurd. Um, and, uh, oh, and one more update for a much older game Team Fortress 2 uh, received yeah, a patch. Yeah, you told me about this before we started. Team Fortress 2 received a patch uh, this week, I think, or last week, uh, in which they fixed some hitboxes. It turns out if if you join a server and you switch classes, like, I think you have to switch from, like, a class that isn't bugged to a class that is bugged. And the ones that are bugged is, like, Scout and a couple others, but specifically the Scout one is like the one that had pictures of the hitbox. Um, if you switched to that after the game had started, which you very often do switch classes in Team yeah. Fortress 2, your hitbox, if you're running forward, your hitbox is showing you running sideways and vice versa. It's, like the it's whole body rotated. or just it's rotated 90 degrees, and yes, the whole body, the whole and animation this is since launch. Since launch, this has been a bug. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's one of those things that, like, somehow has just snuck under the radar completely. And it's a pretty major one. Because, like, say a scout is running straight at you and you completely miss your shot, you could still easily hit him in the leg because his legs fucking go out, like, way out when he's running. And his gun is is way out. And that's all turned 90 degrees. So it's a much bigger hitbox when he's facing straight at you. And vice versa, if he's strafing you and you think that you're shooting at him but you're not hitting him, it's because his hitbox is running straight at you. It's just that he is running. It's it's a ridiculously obvious bug that it, I was just amazed to see that it was in it was still in the game after all this time. And apparently I I want to blame Valve, but at the same time, like none of the player base noticed either. And I think this was discovered by like a modder or a player or something. Um, somehow that just fucking slipped under everyone's radar. I don't know. Apparently, it weird. wasn't like the whole rest of the game. It was just until your next death. 
So, yeah, I can kind of see why that would go hidden. But still, with all the people playing it and modifying it and looking at, like, making maps and skins, you'd think somebody would see that. And it's not like that scenario is uncommon. Like, that would happen in pretty much every game. It would happen (laughs) several times a game. Yeah, so... That's... Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. (laughs) That's really odd. And especially odd that it took this long to discover and fix but there well there you, you have it now tf2 is a perfect game finally finally they fixed it back to its glory days um you've been up to anything else no i got empty no i have not not that i can think of yeah i'm, I'm all tapped out as well um you're all tabbed out that's just some uh, just some tech humor reference. there. Some, it's yeah. a geek reference. Yeah. Thanks for Into tuning in, guys. Thank you, Donald Trump. Thanks, thanks, Trump. Thanks, Spencer. Spencer, hey, Spence. How you doing, Spence? Into the podcast. <laughs>